Podcast world, podcast world, what's up, what's shaking, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Benelli USA, Benelli Shotguns. Simply perfect. We've been shooting them for seven seasons and it's the confidence, guys. It's uh, believing in your equipment and having the confidence that when you work hard as a waterfowl hunter, we all know all hunters work hard, but a lot of preparation, off-season preparation, preseason preparation, um, the weather, the elements, the just nonstop maintenance of equipment, decoy spreads, trailers, UTVs, ATVs, boats, boat motors, tires, wheels. You got your shotguns, you got your ammo, you got your calls. If you split a reed, and you, can you retune it? There's just so much that goes into having a successful hunt. If you want to try to be that per- perfectionist, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. But I want to try to be a perfectionist and do everything right. So when that opportunity does present itself, when those Canada geese put those big black feet down and drop into your keel hole or mallard ducks through the timber or on an oxbow or on Snake River, when that opportunity presents itself and you get a chance to say get them and stand up and click that safety off and point and look down that rib on top of that barrel and find that sight and line it up and get your lead or just cover up your target, which hopefully it's a green head with one of them little silver bands on its leg. Don't pick those out, but hopefully when the dog brings it back, it has one and you report it because that's what the banding initiative is all about. And we'll get more into that on future episodes of this podcast. But when that opportunity presents itself and those mallards are right there in your dish or those geese and the specks and Canada's or widgeons or pintails or teal or whatever it is, you want a gun that absolutely performs on every pull of the trigger bang 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 and you've heard it before that's what i love about benelli is that the new super black eagle 3 with its slickness and its sleekness and its athleticism and its feel and its grip and its weight and being lighter than the sb1 and 2 the comfort tech system the trigger guard the enlarged safety the rib um, everything about the gun is just perfect. The, just, I just love it. It just makes you feel like an athlete and it gives you confidence and confidence is key in success. doesn't mean cockiness or arrogance. It's just that when you have that right equipment and the right ammo and the right choke tube and the right pattern, and you've worked your butt off to make sure that again, when that opportunity presents itself, you're not going to stand up and have something jam or click or, you know, something go wrong because that's what we live for. I get it that it's not all about the kill and we stress that here, but I live for that chance to see those dogs bringing those ducks back because all I start thinking about is dinner and that's what Benelli does for us. Benelli USA, their entire crew, their entire infrastructure, they've supported us wholeheartedly. We have an unbelievable relationship with them. They're the title sponsor of the Foul Life TV show, a huge contributor and sponsor of the Foul Life podcast, plus our social media, our live events. They never say no to supporting us. They support the military. They support the public servants, police officers, firefighters, EMTs. Benelli reaches out, and they're a part of everything. They're a huge part of our network, so thank you, Benelli. That is a, um, that's a no-brainer. If you're a duck hunter, if you're a goose hunter, there is not a second close. I promise you that. Check them out, BenelliUSA.com. Check out that Super Black Eagle 3. Check out that M220 gauge. You don't want to shoot a three a, a 12 gauge and you're younger, you're, you you want a lighter, uh, you know, just a lighter bang for your buck. I, I kill a lot of ducks, a lot of them with a 20 gauge, a lot of geese, a lot of turkeys. They make it left-handed. They make the Super Black Eagle 3 in left-handed. I'm a lefty. I love that. Of course they make right-handed, but check out their Upland guns. Their over-unders, the 828U, the 828U Sport, the Ethos, and 28-gauge, 20-gauge, and 12-gauge. Check them all out, and you can't go wrong. Yes, do they cost some money? Well, everything comes with a price. And if you save up and you buy that Benelli, it's the only shotgun you'll ever have to buy, but they get in your blood, they're addicting, and the next thing you know, you're saving up again for your second Benelli. And um, we believe in them. Our Liberty Safes are full of them in our shop, in our office, in our house, in our trailers, in our truck. We love Benelli shotguns. Thank you all so much for listening to that rant. It's not really a rant. It's truly how I feel in my heart. I do not go into the duck blind or the goose blind without Benelli. Thank you all so much again for joining us. We're going to get on with this podcast, and um, I'm I'm just excited about it. Again, we're doing this because... 
we have gotten so many requests inundated. I keep using that word, but we did, you know, we have the life, this ain't life for everybody podcast and it varies. It's very diverse in guests and topics and themes. And a lot of that podcast is because of our network. We've, we've been able to establish and develop and build upon what, because of the mallard duck, because of our hunting brands and our travels, the, it's brought us into the world of a lot of different people that live a lot of different walks of life and come from different walks of life. But the questions come in, man, we want more duck calling. We want more instruction and we want more tips and tactics and, and things about the industry and things about the hunt and different species and dogs and cooking and wild game preparation and butchering and processing and just everything. We're just, we got so many questions. So the natural thing to do, the best thing to do is start the foul life podcast, the TFL podcast that, that uh that logo is so badass in my opinion designed by the one and only tom rashishin and tom and my brother clay and tyson and zach and and all of the different people that contribute to the editing and the post-production and the business management of the foul life brands and the jargon brands chris cifrio ashley cifrio sherry carey john carey jared woodard um, there's so many different people bubba henderson is a huge asset to our team You've seen Bubba in so many of our photo shoots. He's the really, really good looking dude that's just ripped up and toned up and just always there to help us, whether it's physical labor, manual labor, photo shoots, um, running running errands, whatever I ask him to do or the team asks him to do, he jumps on it. He's a big part of our hunts. He's a big part of our archery team, our big game team, our rifle team. And um, so again, we couldn't do it with all the help. And that's why we're doing the Foul Life podcast because we got a lot of information that comes to us. We don't invent this stuff. We don't come up with it. We don't originate it. We're not trying to say that we're the best at it, but we do learn a lot. We're sponges. We love to be coachable and teachable. And we get a lot of questions that come our way. And we want to be able to have these platforms and the audiences that we've built over the last 12 years to be able to get them the information that they want, the information that they deserve. And that's exactly what we're doing here at the Foul Life podcast. It's not always going to be me. I might have guest hosts. I might be gone on a road trip somewhere where I can't get on the microphone. Sometimes it'll be me with uh, different guests in studio. So with that being said, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away a lot of the guests that we do have coming up, but we got some hammers, guys, just studs in the waterfowl industry, the waterfowl world, outfitters, guides, manufacturers, partners, sponsors, do-it-yourselfers you know just guys that are that are out there hunting public woods private areas it doesn't matter it's waterfowl hunting different people um, have different means of getting it done and we're going to discuss it pass shooting jump shooting decoying you know what it takes to be the ultimate waterfowl why people you know hunt divers and get out there on the big water and brave that those storms hunting in alaska there's so much stuff that goes on in the waterfowl world the waterfowl culture the waterfowl lifestyle we're all about it we're all ducks all geese all the time and that's what uh, i want to build this on and i appreciate you guys listening and today we're just going to answer some more questions and I, I like to keep that theme going because if i type if i get a question and i think that it's going to relate to a vast audience yes we do return them personally um to the per, the people that send them to that direct message but if i think it's something that makes sense to get out there and talk about as a topic or a theme then we're going to talk about it here on this podcast and um that's We'll start with Austin underscore Malone on Instagram. What are some ways new people can get into the waterfowl industry? For example, being a guide, outfitter, or a pro staff member for a waterfowl-based company. Chad, your show is absolutely killer! Exclamation point. Much love from Minnesota. I love Minnesota. Austin Malone, it sounds like we would get along for your allegiance and passion you have and likeness you have for our brands and tv show and the content thank you so much for the words and it's a that's a very heavy heavy question there's a lot of different angles on it and there's a lot of different ways to answer it and i'll do my best first off is mentorship um, there's a lot of people that are you know 20 30 40 50 years old that didn't grow up around waterfowling, didn't grow up with a hunting family or a hunting based culture. And they didn't have a dad or uncles or somebody to get them out in the duck blind or Turkey woods or deer woods or coyote mountains or whatever they, whatever, you know, they choose to hunt. So mentorship is huge. If I would, I wish that we could, you know, educate people and get them everybody that, that a chance to see what the duck blind offers or what the woods offer the flooded timber of Arkansas or the, snake river of idaho or wherever you're at there's so much that is offered in 
this, this, uh, in just the entire industry, the entire culture. And that's what, that's what I would, I would love to have the opportunity to get all of those guys that have never experienced at least a chance, educate them a little bit before they make their mind up or make that final decision. So mentorship is key. If you're into it and you had a mentor growing up, that's a very thankful position. Give those people thanks for keeping your fire lit and, and, and that flame burning and that desire burning to go and chase these animals and these wild animals because it's not easy. It's tiresome. It's aggravating. It's exhausting. And I think that one is, you know, think of who your mentor is and think about why you got into hunting and think about why do you want to make it your life? Is it a hobby? Why are you intrigued to get into the waterfowl or quote unquote waterfowl industry? Is that for livelihood? Is that for a paycheck? Is that to learn something about brands? Is that to help grow a brand? Is that to be a pro staffer like this, but like Austin's asking or an ambassador? Is it something that you want to take on a full-time position and travel to the shot show every January and to the NWTF and work booths and the NRA show up in Harrisburg, the great American outdoor show and, and all of the, the Cabela's and Bass Pro and Max Prairie Wings and Simmons Sporting Goods and Final Flight and Kittles out in California and all these mom and pop and independent dealers. You want to go to all their shows and all of their festivals that they put on the Eastern, you know, in Eastern Maryland, the waterfowl festival. We got some announcements coming up on that where if you want to work for a company that works in dogs and sporting dogs or duck calls, you want to tune calls. There's so many ways to get involved. Ask yourself why you would send that question in. Is it something that you studied in college? Is it something that sparked you to be an entrepreneur? Is it something that you learned in business school or finance school or why or did you just go out in the duck blind and you love seeing ducks so much that you want to work in it every day? And do you have, you know, knowledge and business knowledge and business expertise and things of that nature that you could offer a company? What do you have to offer a company, a brand as a pro staffer? What do you have? What is a pro staffer? That word gets thrown around so much. The best pro staff of all time in any hunting that I've ever seen was developed by Avery Outdoors in the pretty much the early 2000s through 2008, 2009. They had an unbelievable pro staff that really helped build that brand and Greenhead Gear and Avery Sporting Dog. And, um, you know, if you want to be a pro staffer, if you want to be an ambassador, if you want to become an employee, if you want to participate in an internship with a hunting or an outdoor based company, I would say that you need to start traveling. You need to find a niche to get a network going, to get your, put your education to use. Can you talk? Can you negotiate? Can you make a deal? Can you sell? Can you talk with passion and clarity? Can you look somebody in the eyes and and make, and, and make things happen? Can you instruct? Can you coach? Can you teach? Can you do all of those things that will make somebody believe in you, develop credibility, respect, and trust in you to where they're going to take your word for it of why they should buy a certain decoy or a certain call or a certain shotgun or a certain four-wheeler? What do you have from your expertise, from your education, from your history, your upbringing, your childhood, your background? What do you have to offer companies? First, figure that out. Like, People are always saying, how do you become a professional hunter? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if it is a professional hunter. Yes, we do get to hunt. And I don't, I don't want to say that we make money hunting. We get to develop brands and be sponsored and we do get to hunt and we have partners and we have brands that we own and we work with different media outlets and different public, re, public relation firms and different marketing and media agencies. And what, you know, what, it doesn't mean to be a professional hunter. How can I get there? How can I do what you do? Education is my first answer. College, learning how to juggle, learning how, if you don't learn anything in college, if you don't use your degree, you get, nobody's waking you up. Nobody's forcing you to go to class. Nobody's, uh, you know, always constantly on you. Like your mom and dad were in high school, you know, just, Hey, it's time for breakfast. Get up, get your shoes on, get your laundry ready, get your sports, you know, everything laid out the night before and in your, in your bag and zipped up and ready to go. Cause you got practice right after you got to get to the early morning weights. You got to get the study hall. You got the, you know, you got all these different things going on, whether it's choir or band or ROTC or, or yearbook club or whatever you got, you got people helping you and reminding you, you go off to college, you're on your own. You got to, you got to get up. You got to discipline yourself to get there to pass college. All you got to do is show up. Now 
I'm not saying you could go to Harvard. It's hard to even get into a Harvard or a Princeton or an Ivy League school or one of the, you know, one of the very highly rated academic institutions of our great country, United States of America. But if you do go to college, it's going to teach you to juggle things, balls in the air. How do you make things happen? You're going to have class. You're going to have study halls. You're going to have maybe you're an athlete. Maybe you're in the band. Maybe you have extracurricular activities. You got partying going on. You got to stay disciplined. Things start to happen. I tell people, get educated, learn how to speak, learn how to talk, learn that jargon, hint, hint, jargon. Um, You know, learn how to use your talents in that area. Learn how to network, learn how to create momentum learn how to create that snowball effect and get people want to ride to want to ride along with you. And when you sit down and you figure out why you want to become a professional hunter or work in the hunting industry, let's say, then you can start saying, okay, I've learned this. I went to college. I can juggle things. If I'm a pro staffer and I'm going to, you know, need photography, I'm going to need to be posting stuff on my Instagram, my Twitter, if they still have Twitter or MySpace or Facebook or Bookface or whatever all of these social media things are, they're very important. I get it. We're not ignorant. That's a big part of marketing and showcasing and promotion and advertising and sales in the way that people are, are building brands today, social media. My favorite personally is probably Instagram. Um, don't do much on any of the other ones. I tell you the truth, we do have the other ones and we have team members that work very hard at them, but I like, I like photos. I'm a very visual person. And um, but can you post pictures? Can you set up a good picture? One of the things that Avery pro staffers learned a lot was they'd go to photo school. We'd have photo clinics from guys that could teach angles and lighting and shutter speed and cameras and operating camera. People buy a camera and they're like, I'm going to be the best photographer, but they don't take the time to dissect that camera and really learn how to use it. And the, these, you know, photography's big. Can you write? Can you write copy? Can you be a copywriter? Can you blog? Can you get on camera on an iPhone camera and do an instructional video that somebody might say, We'll promote that. We'll use that. We'll pay you to give us five of those a month. We'll pay you a yearly, a yearly pay, a yearly salary or a yearly stipend or whatever it is to give us five videos a month, how to blow a duck call, how to decoy, how to use a jerk string, how to cut up duck breast, how to barbecue, how to grill, how to, you know, anything, how to drive a boat, anything that goes on in the hunting world, maybe somebody's going to pay you to do that. So now you start to say, all right, well now I'm a pro staffer. Now I'm going to start building a network calling contest. Can you blow a duck call? Can you operate a duck call? A lot of people are like, well, I can, I've won the world championships on this, or I won this regional contest and qualified for Stuttgart or went to the world goose. And I know a lot of great duck callers that don't work in the industry or make any money in the industry, but they love to hunt and they get to hunt and they're very good at what they do in their personal lives and their professional lives. And, and they leave it at that. Just because you're a world-class duck hunter doesn't mean somebody's going to pay you to work in the hunting industry. Let's be straight up and, and, and upfront with that. It's all about what you can deliver. What are the deliverables? What is your content providing? What is your asset providing? What can you bring to the table through your network and your infrastructure and your history and your education that's going to make a company want to hire you and believe in you and let you climb that ladder to success or give you the experience in an internship or a starting position? that you could use as a stepping stone someday. And maybe you do get an idea and have the guts to go out and take that ultimate risk of starting your own company and trying to nurture it and build it into a national brand. And, and, and maybe that's your route, but I don't think that starts without that education and learning how to juggle and learning how to talk and learning how to sell and learning how to negotiate and learning how to make a deal and learning how to come through and follow through and do what you say you're going to do. And yeah, you're going to skip once in a while. You're going to trip. You're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to forget. You're going to drop the ball. It happens to everybody. We're human. We're not perfect. You know, we, you got to learn from those mistakes and you hear that a lot, but being coachable and being teachable and you get this you'll, you'll, you'll fall into positions by having different talents of just relying on, well, I'm a world-class duck caller, goose caller, best duck hunter in my area. I'm telling you straight up, nobody cares. And I don't mean that it's not respectful that you're an awesome hunter. Hopefully you're ethical and safe and, and, and legal, but it's, people ask me, how do I get into this industry? And I think it starts with that background. And then you can start making moves of pro staffing, being an ambassador, getting that startup job, getting that internship. And then it's all about developing that network, opening doors, working hard, being relentless, being persistent, being able to communicate, being able to be transparent, being able to look at something and, and figure out how you can get a bunch of people to believe in that 
goal or that end goal that you wanted, your short-term goals, your long-term goals, and get a group of people that believe in it and and, and be boisterous and be upfront and, and tell people what you're here to do. And the next thing you know, you could get a job that'll open up the doors to another job and your experience starts to really build and compound. And then you can start making decisions of what you want to do. Maybe you get some sales experience through a sales rep group, OutTech, one of these national sales rep groups that have a bunch of different lines. They go in and they meet with buyers and you sell product for different manufacturers. Or you can be an in-house rep, a factory rep, where you just work for one manufacturer and you go and sell that product across the country or in your region. They're usually split up into regions and areas in the country. And you, you develop sales, you develop skills to be able to market. Can you market? Are you good at PR? Can you copyright? Can you write stuff for a catalog or descriptions for products or, you know, different things that are going to be on that website or bios? Can you write the bios for the different people that are involved in the company? Um, do you want to run a camera? Do you want to become an editor? Do you want to become a producer? Do you want to become an audio technician, a color correction guy, an animator? There's tons of space in the outdoor industry for production needs. Um, there's, there's, do you want to become more of an agent or somebody that works again in the PR world that helps promote these products and these brands and these companies and these individuals and these personalities? Do you want to be somebody that develops an event, a music festival or an outdoor event where hunting companies pay you to have a booth there? And there might be 15 booths the first year and 700 the second year, depending on the location, the success of it and the turnout and the walking traffic of how many people walk that floor and get the, you know, get those groups. What are those booths getting exposure to? There's lots of strong ideas that you can, there's so many avenues and facets of this business that you can get into. That's why I think it's important of what do you want to do in the industry? If you want to be a pro staffer, be educated, clean cut, ethical, well-mannered and go to these companies and say, sir, madam, um, this is me. And have a different approach. Don't be the same guy. Of, I'm, I, I won this stuff and I've got this many ducks last year. Say, hey, this is where my degree is. This is what my strengths are. This is what my weaknesses are. I'd like to strengthen my weaknesses within your organization by learning from your, from your infrastructure or how you conduct your business. I'd like to use my strengths to help you in these areas. I feel I can become an asset in this with content development. I can help in photography. I can help in marketing. I can help in digital you know, designing print ads, digital ads, banner ads. I can build websites. I feel that I can become an asset in a hurry. And the reason that I'm coming to you today is because I have a burning desire to work in the outdoor industry and to make a living working within the organization that I know that supports the culture is in the culture. I get to talk about deer and turkey and mallards and Canada geese and fishing and and elk and different animals I, I, I want to be involved. I want to design to, I want to design apparel. I want to design duck calls. I, I have, I have, I have some ideas in my head for some different products. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent there because again, ask yourself what you want to do and approach these companies with a nice portfolio, a nice packaging, a nice marketing deck that, to introduce yourself. And that's the thing about networking is that a lot of these companies get, here's that word again, inundated with media kits or portfolios or people that want to be a pro staffer. You got to figure out a way to set yourself apart. What makes you different? There's nothing wrong with setting yourself apart. Nothing wrong with doing your own thing. You might get a lot of smack talked about you, but you got to keep rolling. If you know your direction and what you want to do, Don't let people stop you. Life's too short to let somebody else smack talk or hate on you or stop you. If you know what you're destined to do, then go do it. And if you fall down, get back up. And if you feel like still doing it, doing it or change and go do something else. But always give it 100% and always make sure that you put your best foot forward and don't just jump into something, become a yes man. Don't do that. Don't become somebody that's negative or pessimistic. Always try to be upbeat and that guy that can present himself or that girl that can present herself in a way of like, I'm different because of this. And then make those companies go, wow, it's a good approach. I like that. There's something to look at here. And then they might give you an interview. Now they might give you a phone call. Now they might say, why, why would we take the next step? You got our attention. What can you bring to the table? And now you got a chance to explain and have it ready, have something ready to go of being able to say, man, I can do this. I want to do this. I, I'm not married. I'm freed up right now at this point in my career to where I can travel. Um, I'm, I'm at your disposal. I want you to teach me this business. I want you to mentor me in this business. 
and I want to become an, <coughs> excuse me, an asset to your organization. And again, the question by Austin is how do I get into this industry? And I think that it starts with what we've talked about. And then it's about figuring out that network and opening a door. Do you know anybody in the industry? Can you introduce yourself to somebody and say, Hey, I know, you know, somebody over here at federal in Minnesota, is there any way that you could just get, uh, that I could talk to their marketing director or their, you know, their VP of marketing? Could you know anybody there that you could just put a note in their email of saying, Hey, I got this guy that's, that's, you know, he's got this experience. I think he'd be good for your organization. And maybe that's how you get a door open for it. And then you get, it's up to you on how you take advantage of that and capitalize on it. But to get into the industry, if you want to hear my story, I, I, I truly attribute a lot of what I've done in the industry or where I've gotten and where in, in with banded and the foul life and jargon and this life ain't for everybody. And now this podcast and the other brands and the partners and the sponsors that we work with and the networks and the magazines. And there's a lot of balls in the air, there's a lot of juggling going on, a lot of time management, a lot of discipline. It's, it's fun. There ain't no bitch in here. It's an unbelievable life, but I just started telling people that I wanted to be around that I wanted to do something because I fell in love with duck hunting and I also had developed skills and I went to college and I learned public speaking took a lot of public speaking classes took a lot of business classes wanted to work for myself coming out of college I knew that I wanted to work for myself someday and I started companies right away Foul language was my first one, teaching people how to blow duck and goose calls before I really even knew what it was, but I had the confidence to go in and at least teach them what I knew and what I was learning by my travels. And then I kept bothering a guy named Bill Cooksey at Avery Outdoors to introduce me to a guy named Tom Matthews, the owner of Avery Outdoors and his partner, Alan Hughes, because I had knew some people that were becoming pro staffers. And I said, man, I want to do that. I can, I, my toy, I, the, one of the businesses I started out of college was a portable toilet company and, and had that with a, some partners. And it, that kind of slowed down in the fall and winter because construction slowed down and special events slowed down. So I had the chance to start traveling. So I said, I want to be a pro staffer with Avery. And I went there and I went to Memphis, Tennessee and met with them. And one thing led to the next and I started competition calling and I won a couple competitions and that led me to meet Fred Zink. And then he started filming his own video series and he became a full-time employee of Avery and Greenhead Gear. And I met Eric Larsgaard, a sales rep out West. And he started bringing me to seminars to talk in Oregon and Washington and California. And I'd go to contests and I started going to contests all over the country and in Canada and competing in goose and duck calling contests and getting my butt whipped up and down the stage. But every time I went, I'd meet new people, new manufacturers, new people in the industry. And I just kept that Rolodex going. Well, cell phones weren't, they were there, but I didn't have them. Um, I just got business cards and I took notes. I had spiral notebooks that I learned in college and I just kept taking notes and kept beating the streets out there and meeting people. I was losing. I won some contests, did some, did pretty good in some contests. Actually took me a while to get to that point, but um, I was in the heyday of duck and goose calling and I was meeting a lot of people and that led me to Fred Zink and that led me to becoming friends with him and getting invited on some film trips to film for the 24 seven DVD and, and, and at that, some, some tapes and videos. And we would go to Canada and I'd hunt with him in the United States, Colorado, Idaho, and other places went to, you know, went up to Fort Port Clinton, Ohio, several times and worked at the shop and just, just really tried to spread my wings. And Freddie gave me a huge launching pad by putting me on video and it was, I think, running traffic when I did the shopping cart dance and some goofy dances in the decoy spread with Josh Noble, who now works for Bandit Avery. But at that time, he was the buyer for Sportsman's Warehouse out of Midvale, Utah. And we invited him to Saskatchewan because he was the buyer and we sold our Avery and Greenhead Gear stuff to them. So Freddie and I took him up and that led to more trips. And then they invited on a trip Shannon Nardi and Justin Tackett from Ducks Unlimited Water Dog into Saskatchewan and we're at the hotel in Wilkie and they had their camera crew there and that led me to staying in touch with Justin Tackett and Shannon Nardi. And they told me that they wanted to do a Western trip and that Western trip was going to come out to Nevada. We hunted in Nevada at the canvas back gun club through my good buddy and mentor Dave Stanley. We went to Idaho and we hunted the West United States, the Boise river, the snake river. And we did stories for the ducks unlimited water dog TV at that time was on versus. So now here I am Chad Bell. I'm on these DVDs and then I'm on national TV with 
with Tackett and them and D water dog and Shannon Nardi, who still to this day owns the super retriever series. And she's a dear friend of mine fell out of touch with Tackett a little bit. He's uh he's got his own deal going down in Arkansas right now. But lo and behold, after that, I got a call from the, the, the production company that was producing that episode. He, he they had a production company in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they asked me if I'd be interested in, in doing a show based on my life and my personality. And I said, heck yeah, let's run with it. And I still was pumping toilets and selling toilets and we started working on this. What, what should we name it? How do we name it? Let's go to shot show. Let's talk to sponsors. <laughs> started rolling Orlando, new Orleans, Atlanta. I don't even remember where all the shot shows were. They're always in Vegas now, but I started using my networking skills. I learned how to network even harder and stronger working in the toilet industry, going into superintendents and project management and construction managers' offices and offices' trailers and bringing them donuts when they're doing an estimate or a proposal for a big job or a bid and and getting toilets out on their jobs and then going there once a week and taking them to lunch and visiting and checking the toilets and making sure they were clean and they had fresh rolls of toilet paper in them. I was learning how to network every day and building a stronger and stronger network. And that helped me go to the national level. And when that guy, when they asked me to do this TV show, I'm like, well, I know this guy because I've been with Avery and Freddie. I know the sportsman's warehouse guys went and met with Brian Nelson and Jeremy Sage because of Josh Noble's contacts knew a guy named Earl Osterling through Buck Paradise in Saskatchewan. He was the C, uh, chief marketing officer for Toyota. We, we signed a two year deal with Toyota and had brand new Tundras our first year of this TV show. I was like, what the heck is going on? And, and, and it just, and we had Avery and we had Greenhead gear and we had zinc calls and we had, I'd been with Realtree for, for, I had been with Realtree already for like five or six years when they started their max four pattern, me and Sean Stahl and Barney Califf and Jeff Foyles were the first four they signed to start building that. And I got that connection through my connections at Avery because at that time before Avery had all their own camo patterns with butt brush and Mars crash and KW one, they, we we worked with we had a licensing deal with Realtree and we had the Max Four on a bunch of the Avery product and that's what that's how I got that job with Realtree and that position is one of their ambassadors for Max Four. That started to open doors. To this day, we're still with Realtree now that they've went through Max Five and now they got Timber and we wear Max Five and Timber on every hunt and they're one of the major sponsors of the Foul Life. So. With that being said, you know I had these connections in the industry and we just started talking and talking and talking and lo and behold. The producer calls me after we got we got everything set except the name of the show. We were going to name this show, and I, I, there's a Dr. Duck or something out there now, but this show was going to be called Dr. Duck, and I was going to write a prescription to success after every hunt. And this is why we were or weren't successful, what we needed to work on, what we can do better next time, a prescription to success by Chad Belding, the Dr. Duck, whatever, right? And um, I said, nah, I ain't, gonna, I ain't running with that, so... This guy calls me up and I'm sitting in my toilet office and he says, Chad, my mom's ill. She's going to the Mayo Clinic. All my finances and time are going there. I'm not going to tell a lot about that story. It still, still sucks that it, that it happened to this man. He's a great man. And we talked and I said, man, we've done a lot of work. I'm, and I was an entrepreneur. I had the spirit. I was in the toilet business. I had started several different companies. Some failed, some were growing. And I just said, hey, and I'm not going to say his name. Let's just say Scotty do you mind if I do this on my own? And he says, please do. And let me know how it goes and good luck to you. And I looked to my left and in that office, I had a mount. This mounts in Arkansas now at one of my buddies duck lodges. But at that time it was here and it's a pedestal mount called strike up the band. And it's nine green headed mallards with bands on their leg coming down through real Arkansas trees from Arkansas into a hole and there's a sign on one of the trees that says do no hunting allowed do not trespass and there's a bunch of bb's shot through that sign and again there was a plaque on this pedestal it's called strike up the band and i said i'm going to try to name a company banded and i got with my intellectual property attorney and told him that and lo and behold again we got it registered we had a registered trademark with the united states states patent and trademark office the uspto and, that, and then that's how it started. I'm sitting there going, what can I name this? And at that time, I believe it was Paris Hilton had a show called The Something Life, The Good Life or Something Life. And I'm like, I'm gonna name this The Foul Life. My life is, is controlled by ducks. Every decision I've been making in my life is because of ducks. Where I'm gonna move, where I'm gonna live, what I'm gonna be doing come September, October, December, January. Um, 
I just, they just started to control my world. So we started thinking about our slogan. It's like, we're merely, we merely exist in a duck's world. And then banded in, in banded started with banded productions and then banded gear. I started saying, man, I want to be like tap out. I want to be like affliction. I want to be aggressive. UFC meets redneck meets country boy meets hunting. Because at that time, a lot of the hunting shirts and t-shirts and hats and stuff were all just real generic. You know, you'd go into a store and you'd see a mule deer shirt or a duck coming through and it'd say, you know, some, some can't tell you Canyon or something. And I was more of like, man, I'm going to do something that was more of like what mask and skyscraper and the guys were doing it at tap out at the time. And that was being aggressive, full frontal artwork, like affliction. The first shirt that we designed was, was two geese wings over the shoulder, facing each other, mouths open, talking smack. And we named it double clucking jive. And that was because of a Guns N' Roses song, the best band of all time, no questions asked, not even a close second, in my humble opinion. To this day, Axl Rose, thank you very much. We don't need to go into that any further. Double Cluck and Jive came off of a Guns N' Roses song off the Use Your Illusion 1 album called Double Talk and Jive. Double Talk and Jive, get the money, and it goes on. And um, Ward on the Foul Life, what happens? Emails. Phone calls to the office. Where do I get that shirt? Never seen anything like it. Design the next one. Red Dawn. Mallard's flying. Big red sunset. Full frontal. And we just kept pushing them out. Hats. Beanies. It was called Banded Gear. The original logo was wings spread out and Banded Gear written in this really cool font. And we were off to the races. And then things started going a little bit sideways with Freddie and I due to business, you know, business talks and the way that I felt about businesses and what I was doing with the foul life at the time. And we're friends right now. And that's just what business is. I never said that we invented anything. It was Freddie's idea. wasn't to make duck calls. It wasn't his idea. It wasn't his idea to get in the decoy business. People were doing it way before him. It's just how the cookie crumbles. It's just how things roll into it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go out on my own. Not everybody can do it. Every some, a lot of people are just set with working for somebody, clocking in, clocking out, getting that paycheck, that 401k, that insurance, those benefit packages. It wasn't me. So started banded calls. Very first duck call was the bonsai. People made fun of it, but it sold like wildfire. The, the goose calls were the crazy train. And what I think is one of the best short read goose calls ever designed by my good buddy, Chris Ness, the wrecking ball. And we made commercials. We had the goose party going on and, we had like all these different geese walking around animated by my good friend that still works for us. He's been with us almost 10 years. Tom Rashashin designed the first banded calls commercial for the wrecking ball. These goose geese were partying. There was a DJ with an Afro and all these costumes and they're all Canada geese. And all of a sudden this wrecking ball comes swinging into this big condominium window and breaks it all apart. And then it comes through banded calls, the wrecking ball. People started buying them like crazy. Then Cabela's bought them, then independence bought them, then Bass Pro bought them. We had banded calls. And then in 2011, we had Christian Curtis and Eric Larsgaard got notified that we were onto something with banded and it was through a buyer in the industry. I know his name and I don't need to say it, but they know who it is. And that's when we said that we were onto something here with banded and it was bigger than a t-shirt or a duck call. That's when we seek capital to grow the brand into what it is now and our investor, who is a huge part of everything that's happened in this business and a great friend of mine, and the reason why we are one of the top manufacturers of the top waterfowl hunting gear, turkey gear in the world, waders, started with the red zone. We had some troubles, but man, I'm telling you what, guys, Christian did an unreal job. Eric and Christian are unbelievable designers. Rick Frisch and logistics, and now it's a big company, and we we were able to you know buy Avery and Avery Sporting Dog and Greenhead gear, but that's kind of in a nutshell how it started and kept evolving and kept pressing and just from contest calling to pro staffing to being trying to take pictures and getting our name out there. And I remember getting pictures and being with Avery. And then the next thing you know, because we were taking time to take these pictures after hunts, they would show up on the back. I got back covers framed in my studio of the Max Prairie Wings catalog with Freddie on the top, me in the middle. He's in the finisher. I'm in the power hunter. And it has a quote by me. And then in the, inside the catalog, they were putting my face with quotes and slowly but surely I was getting the name out there. So by the time we started the foul life and the, and banded and what it's become today, it didn't just go like, Oh, I've heard I've inherited tons of money. I've heard I'm a drug addict and I talk too fast. Never done a drug a day in my life. Never smoked a cigarette. I drink a little whiskey here and there, a cold Budweiser. 
But man, I ain't no bad guy and I don't need to explain that. So we won't even go into that, but I've read it all. I've heard all the haters I've seen. I was doing photo shoots when I started banning with do rags on and flat bills on and sunglasses on and different styles because I, I, why be the same as everything that was going on in Arkansas or Iowa at the time? Why be the same of everything that was going on in Oxford, Mississippi at the time? I'm just going to be a little bit different. That's it. I don't need to ask permission to do that. Oh, you're going to have haters no matter what you do. There's people that are, um, Howard Stern is a billionaire the media genius, the king of all media, go read his haters. Kevin Hart couldn't even host the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever because of past stuff of haters talking. Um, the Rock, who's probably the most famous dude in the world or the biggest, highest paid actor in the world, has haters. Adam Sandler's hilarious, has haters. Haters are going to hate. Taylor Swift said that. People are going to throw rocks at things that shine. Haters going to hate, hate, hate. You know, Taylor Swift is a badass. How could you take that away from her? I don't think Florida Georgia line is, but it's just my opinion. But that's how it started. And it started because of building that network, gaining confidence, learning how to talk, learning how to public speak, talking with passion, writing. I want, I want a lot of creative writing awards. I feel that I can write copy. There's guys that are way better than me. I'm not saying that, but I, I just tried to hone a lot of different skills. And one of the things that I learned how to do was try to have a very diverse group of topics that I can speak on. Not as diverse as freaking Joe Rogan. That dude's a madman. Unbelievable what he's built with his podcast and his brand from Fear Factor to the UFC. Go look at the UFC old days, way back when, before Dana White and the Fertitas bought it. I'm talking way back when Joe Rogan had hair. He was still interviewing fighters backstage. That dude's been at that game a long time. I don't know of a better color man of, in any sport that knows what he's watching and calling on TV better than Joe Rogan. But I just took a lot of pride in being able to walk into a construction manager's office. And if I saw a picture of him in the mountains skiing, I wanted to talk about it. Olympic skiing, Alberta Tomba. I tried to have enough knowledge of a lot of different subjects. Kelly Slater and a bunch of servers, Christian Hasoy and Tony Hawk and Mike McGill and Steve Cavallero and Rob Roscoff and Mark Gonzo Gonzalez and all these badass skateboarders and, and fighters and boxers and college wrestlers and baseball players and football and movies and movie lines and actors and comedians and singers and music and all different genres to where if I heard a topic, I could, I could, this is a big thing right here in this developing common ground, developing trust and credibility with somebody where if I saw something and I talked on it, I don't, I didn't want them to be able to ever pick me apart. This dude don't know what he's talking about. He's, I, I wanted to talk with passion. Like, yeah, man, I'm into this. You like that? You like Ronnie Millsap? He's a blind piano player. There's a stranger in my house and my good buddy, Marty Hesch does it better than anybody. But I wanted to make sure that I was diverse and, and, and had some knowledge. I didn't want to be the best at everything or know everything about everything. I just want to know a little bit about stuff. I love podcasting tomorrow I'm doing an episode of this life ain't for everybody with the, with a eye surgeon an op optometrist, a surgeon that does cataracts and he's done over 25,000 LASIKs and lens replacement in human eyes. That dude, I'm talking about that dude don't get the shakes, right? So I'll be talking with Dr. Matt Mills tomorrow and I want to learn about vision. I wanted to learn about so many things. And so when I walked into those toilet offices to sell toilets, common ground. Then when I walked into something to sell decoys, common ground, they might not always want to talk about duck hunting. They might want to talk about family or music or drumming or surfing or seashells or collecting baseball cards or who's the best athlete of all time, Bo Jackson. Who is the best singer of all time, Axl Rose. Who's the best guitar player of all time, Les Paul or Slash. I would just always have my opinion and I would back it up. Well, here's why I think Slash is. And I'm just saying that my none of my thoughts or answers were right. They were just my opinion, but I was never afraid to say them. And I didn't want to stand on a soapbox and be right all the time, even though I did fall into that trap in my 20s. But I'm glad that I've matured out of it to where now I'm more of a sponge. I want to listen to different sides of the story on both sides of the fence. And I want to come to my own conclusion. I want to respect people and be a good listener. You know, you learn that in speech and debate. You can get up there and boom, boom, boom. You got to be a good listener. You got to learn what's going on. Read the body language, read the posturing, pick them apart. The art of negotiation, just like when you're negotiating with a flock of mallard ducks, read the body language, the posturing, the beaks, where are they going? What are the feet doing? And you learn all that. And so when Austin asked a question like this, how do I get into the hunting industry? I was a toilet pumper, bro. Still am at heart. Could eat a sandwich and pump one at the same time. Oh my God, that's gross. But like Bill Burr says, hey, if, if you want to be the best at something, you got to just do it 
and keep striving and keep honing your skills. You can't be a stand-up comic. If you think you're funny because you're making your buddies laugh at a bar, maybe you can, but you gotta be writing jokes for two, three, four hours a day. You gotta get experience, you gotta go to open mics, you gotta get booked at these different comedy clubs, and then you can start. Joe Rogan just now, and I think, just started selling out arenas. I didn't even know that he could, and this dude's selling out huge arenas because of his success and his prowess, his celebrity, but it's mainly because of his focus, his dedication, and his passion. It's hard to be a stand-up comic. Stand-up comic. It's very difficult. Bill Burr is my absolute favorite right now of all time. It's Eddie Murphy with Bill Burr right there. The genius and his comedy writing is on a different level. His new, his new special on Netflix, Paper Tiger, is his second best or third best, but it's still unbelievably funny. The new Chappelle one, dude is a genius. People were bitching, oh, it's so offensive, but bad, just genius stuff. So hold on, I'm taking a drink. I got half cranberry, sugar, like half, like this low sugar cranberry juice mixed with water, half and half. And I just drink it so I can keep my urinary tract clear, you know what I mean? So that's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if I hit on everything, but that's how it started. That's how I got in the industry. And now here I am in my 40s. And I've never been happier. I've never been more driven. I've never been more successful. I've never been more clear-headed. I've never been putting pieces together this well. And, and I'm still 100%, and I mean this, 100% in love with duck hunting. Doesn't it get old, Chad? It's a job now. Yeah, there's pressure. Got riders out, got film crews out, got military out, got hunted with cancer survivors, St. Jude's, Ronald McDonald House, veterans, Green Berets, Special Forces, SEAL Team 6, Delta Force, admirals, Purple Hearts, police officers, people that lost their friends in battle in, in the line of duty, firefighters, EMTs, celebrities, singers, actors. I've met actors. I'm a duck hunter. I'm a toilet pumper for Reno, Nevada, and I've got to be around actors because of a mallard duck. I've sat on buses of major, major musicians because of a mallard duck. And I love it more today than I did when we first came up with the name The Foul Life and first got banded trademarked. And now we have Jargon trademarked. And we have Yukonuba as a partner. Freaking Yukonuba, are you kidding me? That's the tops. No jazz. No what history is. Jazz. Yukonuba means the tops, the best, the cream of the crop. We have banded. We have Avery, we have Benelli, we have Federal Black Cloud, we have Mojo, we have Realtree, Dixie Peck Tires, we have Edge Duck Boats. We, we have, in my opinion, the best companies in this industry we partnered with and we've helped brand and we've helped fly their flags and they've helped us and we're so humbled by that. We've stayed humbled. People will say, he's cocky, he's arrogant. No, just quiet, man. Can't be the center of attention at all times. Can't be everything to everybody at all times. Get to know somebody before you get on that keyboard with that keyboard muscle down in that basement in that dark room and start typing stuff with about a subject matter that you have no idea about. I'll say that till I go to my grave. Don't be a hater. Love life. Get up earlier. Go to bed later. Invent something. Come up with something. Develop something. Follow it through. Nurture it. Grow it through adolescence. Get a national brand. About 2% of them make it from what I read. So that's it, man. Austin, I appreciate the question. I truly do. I hope that you're having an unbelievable start to your season. I hope you got after some blue wingers or some green wingers or some cinnamon heads and early season geese. I really don't know where you live, bro. Minnesota, that's right. In the message, you said Minnesota. So you probably got to the west side, had some early season goose. Maybe you went over by Fargo, had some luck in those August and September early season goose. I think the limit's like 15, whatever. But hopefully you're up in Canada right now, Manitoba, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta. Maybe you're getting after them. Their season's getting ready to open down here, guys. It's um, it's almost on like Donkey Kong. We're getting into October. Leaves are going to start to turn. The temperature's already turning. It was 90 here last week. It's a high of 50 on this Saturday. It's 79 tomorrow. It's the last day we're going to be able to use the pool, I think. The high on Saturday is 50 or 51, 55, somewhere in there, depending on the different weather apps. I don't know what app you read. We're going to go into weather apps and meteorology and reading weather and predicting weather and knowing what the forecast is bringing in the pressure and the jet stream and what you can expect that next morning in the blind but you still got to go just go as they say at our company banded um y'all liking the new product we're gonna have some gear reviews coming up we're gonna be shooting in my buddy tim montana you guys check this guy out tim montana at tim montana on instagram he's got a celebrity shoot coming up in nashville that's going to go and, and raise money for special ops excursions. I've met the owner and the founder of special ops, Scott Graves. Talked to him tonight, actually, this evening. He's a great dude. 
from Tennessee around Real Foot Lake, and he started this because of some of his buddies who served in the Special Forces. And the thing that's cool about it is that his organization supports active duty members that are still active, that are do, still doing several tours of duty. Some of them are upwards of 20. And when they're back here in America, put their boots on their on the soil of their homeland of the United States of America, he gets them in the woods, he gets them in the boat, he gets them in the marshes, they chase ducks, they chase turkeys, he takes them to Africa. This, this organization's awesome. So Tim Montana's put on a celebrity sporting clay shoot at the Nashville Gun Club in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, the home of Broadway, the home of 16th and 17th Avenue, Music Row, the home of the, home of the Ryman and the Opry. Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't never been anywhere if you haven't been to Nashville. That's my favorite town in the world. Way better than La Perdie. Uh, there's some places in Italy like Cinque Terre, Moravera. There's some badass towns. I love Verona, the outdoor opera in Verona. That's, I've had some really good duck meat there. I've had some really good rabbit meat there. Pasta, deer, awesome wild game. But anyway, Tim Montana. We're going to be in Nashville with him. And then I'm going to Texas for some meetings right around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then I'm going to St. Louis for some meetings and some uh, social gatherings with some friends. And um, then I'm headed to Canada. And when I say Canada, we're going. We're rolling. We're going to take them outfitters with Clay and Crystal Charlton. Then we're headed to Buck Paradise North with Grant Kuypers. And then we're headed to Buck Paradise South with Barkley Fisher. You guys have seen him on episodes of The Foul Life starting in season one all the way up to season 10. That's uh, that's uh, airing. Actually, it's season 11 airing right now. So it's uh, it's been one of those just dream lives, guys, to be able to do that and call people like Grant Kuypers, Barkley Fisher. Clay Charlton, they live so far from us, way up in northern Saskatchewan, northern Alberta, and we're friends with them because of a mallard duck brought us up there. Fred Zink brought me up there. I pay a lot of homage to that man. Let's all say our prayers. Keep Don Zink, Freddie's beautiful wife, in our prayers. She's going through some battles, but um, I talked to Freddie the day before yesterday on text, and he said that things are good and spirits are high, so I'm thankful for that. God bless her. God bless the Zink family. He was a huge part of getting me into this, and um, so we're going to head to Canada, and then... I'll have some more information on some upcoming podcasts, but in Canada, you can be rest assured that you're going to get podcasts from Clay Charlton, a guy named Joe McMullen, who's going to be hunting with us, helps run the Indy 500. He's invented some awesome stuff in the car racing world, and that's why we get to enjoy the Indy 500 every year. Brad Arrington's going to join us on an episode, the owner and founder of Mossy Pond Retrievers and Kennels in Georgia and New York. He has our dogs Mo and Axel right now. Axel just got his master hunter this past Sunday. Hell to the yes. And we are we posted a picture of it with a Yukonuba bag powered by Yukonuba. Axel's gonna be up in or up in Alberta with us, chasing ducks and geese and retrieving them like a machine. And you guys are soon gonna be able to have access to buy Axel's puppies, Mo's puppies. It's gonna be bad to the bone. We're also gonna have my yellow lab duff up there who is a bad, he's a stud. I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to watch him on his first hunt. He's young, he's 18 months old, but he's a stud. He's not a master hunter. He's never gonna be a master hunter. He didn't, he's not that dog, but he is a stud hunter and a great personality. He's so lovable and he loves his Yukonuba in the kennel out of his Cerakoted bull from my boy, Steve Holloway at iCerakote. Check out his company. But, um, and then we're going to head over to, and to Saskatchewan and on those episodes is going to be Grant Kuypers, Clay Belding, Dan Henderson, Hendo from the pride fighting days from the UFC hall of famer. One of the coolest dudes, badasses ever. Remember the Superman punch after he laid Bisbing out and then he, I don't know if it was needed, but he shouldn't have talked all that smack and we're going to have Leith Lofton up there, AKA Haas. What you going to do when the money's all gone? He's going to be up there picking that guitar and killing the mallard ducks and chasing those geese. And we can't shoot coyotes, but we might be going out and calling and letting G Kuyper, or one of his guides up there, Jared or Chad Stewart or somebody get after one of those coyotes with one of our rifles, probably in the flavor of 22, 250. But we're going to get after it. We're going to have those guys on the podcast. We're going to have several. We're going to have Barkley Fisher back on the podcast. We're going to get after it, guys. We're going to have a lot of cool episodes coming. I'm so jacked up about this new format of the Foul Life. Keep listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody. And also, we're going to have a big announcement coming soon with several other podcasts joining our family, being under our umbrella. A lot of content, guys, in a lot of different areas that you'll be able to lean on our companies and brands for. We're excited. We'll have another episode of the Foul Life podcast coming up. I hope that you got something out of that, Austin. It was a good question. I'm gonna keep answering these fan and customer questions that we get daily, tons of them, on all of our accounts, from the Foul Life to Banded to, to Jargon, 
Um, and we get a lot of questions when we're out with our partners that I, I just, I hear it and I'm like, I'm going to take a note. What did I take note of? My spiral notebook, my iPhone. I take a picture of it. I figure it out. I get a mental image of it. And then I'm like, all right, let's talk about it and just get it out there. Maybe some people got something out of what I said today. And if they didn't, then it's one of those things to where you can't please everybody, but maybe 75, hopefully 99.9% of you got something out of that of, Hey, if you're thinking about working in this industry or becoming again, a quote unquote professional hunter, professional duck hunter, just working in the duck and goose hunting industry, waterfowl industry. I hope that you got something out of there. It, it, it's doable. Get after it. Don't take no for an answer. Don't let a door close. If you get your foot in there, do like Drake White says and break it down. And let's say our prayers for Drake White. Again, I'm going to get to say hello to Mr. Drake White and his beautiful wife, Alex, on Monday when I get to Music City. I am praying every day with what's going on with Drake. You guys have all heard the news, I'm sure. If you haven't, look it up. It was all over People Magazine, People.com. It was all over his Instagram. It happened in Roanoke, Virginia. He was opening for Scotty McQuarrie, and he collapsed on stage, and it went from there. I'll let you all do the rest of your your findings, your, your deep dives into what happened, but keep him in your prayers. Stay safe this season, practice safety, get somebody new involved in this practice conservation, donate some money. Don't shoot over your limit. Don't be one of those guys that lets, lets ducks get into five yards and then goes home and blow them into 17 pieces. I heard that on a podcast today and I was just like, that ain't duck hunting. That's stupid. That's unethical, man. That's disrespectful. What are you going to do now? Are you going to count it against your limit because it's in 17 pieces? Or are you going to count it for your limit, but you can't eat it? You can't do nothing? I know it happens. It happens. Don't get me wrong. We shoot hens. I'm not saying don't shoot a hen. I'm just saying let them, let them you know, be bouncing at 15, 20 yards. Don't kill that one that comes in at five feet and just blow them into a thing because you think it's going to be pretty for camera or a cool picture on Instagram. Let's respect the birds. Let's respect the bounty. Let's learn how to prepare that bounty and butcher it and process it. And let's just become better all around hunters and conservationists and providers. Let's work together. Let's not talk shit. Let's not hate. Let's not copycat. Let's not be a me too. Let's just go out and do our thing. Be who we are. Get to know somebody before you say something about them and strive for excellence. Build that network. Learn how to sound like a mallard duck, which I'm still doing to this day. And God dang, I hope I get it one of these days. I've been working with Chris Cifrio, my partner at Jargon Calls, and man, he sounds like a duck. John David Stanley sounds like a duck. My brother Clavin sounds more like a duck than I do. And I'm just like, man, I can blow a short reduce call kind of. And then I hear Hunter Grounds and Kelly Powers and Scott Trinan and all these guys that I competed against. And they still sound like Canada geese way more than I do. And I'm just like, man, I'm sad. It's just really breaking my heart and I don't know what to do. But then I just smile and say, damn it, I still get to go hunt tomorrow. I'm just going to duck cluck and double cluck and moan a little bit. Cluck and moan, bud. Just do that, bud. Hey, man, just cluck and moan. That's all Tim Grounds just said, just cluck and moan. Tim killed more geese than anybody, I'm sure. Remember the first video on VHS, Get Down, Cover Up, up in Canada? Tim was so badass. God rest his soul. Tim Grounds, what are you up to? Get Down, Cover Up. Miss you, brother. And um, I don't know, guys. That's about it. I'm jacked up. Thank you so much for being a part of our brands and our TV shows and our podcasts. And if you have questions, write in. Thislifeain'tforeverybody.com, thefowllife.com at the foul life TV on Instagram at this life ain't for everybody on Instagram at jargon game calls on Instagram. Leave us a DM seriously. And please go on to these podcast formats where you get it, whether it's Apple music or iTunes or what Spotify, all of these different carriers that we're on. I don't even know all of them are on because Tom takes care of that. Leave us, please subscribe, get it downloaded. Every time, a, every time an episode released, you'll get a notification, please subscribe and then leave us a rating and a review and let us know what we're doing wrong. Tell us to shut up more. Tell us to have better guests. Tell us what guests you want to hear. Tell us what products you want us to review. Tell us what topics you want to hear about, stories you want to hear, questions again you want to ask, tips, tactics on any of the things that go into waterfowl hunting. If it's something we don't know, we'll look it up or we'll defer to somebody else or get somebody on here to get the information that you deserve to know and need and everything that goes along with it. But please review us and rate us and subscribe to us. And and again, just, just know that we truly, truly, are humbled and we appreciate all the support we can't wait to see you guys out in the field if you see our trucks and trailers out there and we're scouting just pull up and say what up don't be like oh my god these guys are scouting too this is pissing me off that's what we do we can't get mad at you because you're scouting and don't get mad at us if we beat you to a field or we're getting to hunt somewhere that you want to hunt someday don't talk smack just be like i'm gonna work my ass off until i get to hunt there 
we're lucky. We're humbled. A lot of pieces fell into place, but the harder you work, the luckier you get. I truly believe that. You create your own luck, and sometimes luck hasn't gone our way. We've fallen down many times, but again, let's work together to be a better community of hunters and no egos. Waterfowl hunters have the grossest egos. I have a way better double cluck than you. And who gives a shit.com is what I say. Put that there, put it away, lose the ego, love the ducks, and remember that we're all out there for the same reason. There's no need to bicker or fight or think that we're better. And I know it's natural to do that. That's human nature. It's American nature, but I'm telling you, it's a waste of breath. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. We're all better than that. Again, I, I hope we get to meet you guys at a show or in a booth or on a live podcast or in a TV show or in a bar and grill or in a hotel parking lot when we got our Traegers out there and they're smoking. We got so many cool stories coming this year for y'all. I can't wait for you to see the destinations. We're going to have some live Instagrams kicking off in Canada with some of our partners. We'll be naming that and announcing that soon. We'll be announcing this new podcast format soon with all of the different content and hosts that we're going to be having. And we'll be announcing a bunch of winners for some contests and sweepstakes that we're going to be running. We're going to be doing some product testing for some of our major partners. And they're going to launch these guns and these, this ammo and a bunch of these decoys and stuff at SHOT Show in Las Vegas in January of 2020, 2020, 2020, what's your 20? And um, we're going to go from there. So I'm jacked up. I do talk fast, but I, I ain't never said what they said I do on the internet. I can't wait to see my boys up in Canada. I hope you guys are having a great start to the season. Thank you for joining us at the Foul Life Podcast. Again, this episode was brought to you by Benelli USA, Simply Perfect Benelli Shotguns, the best shotguns in the world, hands down, exclamation point, period, 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 no seconds. There's not a close second. There might be. Who knows? I'm biased. I love them. Super Black Eagle 3, the M2, the Ethos, the 828, all of them, the Sporting. Uh, just every gun that they make is the best their triggers their recoil um just they're so slick they're just so awesome i'm telling you guys the way they feel in my hands i just have so much confidence so go get your benelli save up get it go get another one they're the title sponsor of the foul life you can find brand new episodes airing right now on the outdoor channel september the next week we go right back to brand new episodes we're gonna have seven weeks in a row of original where we're gonna be in arkansas south dakota kansas and oklahoma in Arkansas, we're all over the country, all over the state with jargon game calls and at Prairie Wings with Brandon and Joel and Todd and Brian and everybody down there. And then in South Dakota, we're on the federal sweepstakes hunt there with the winners of father and son out of Alabama and Traeger's there and Federal's there and Benelli's there. And it's unbelievable. And from there we go. And on that episode, we're hunting pheasants and mallards. From there, we go to Kansas with Mitch Yoder and Kansas hunts with his partners, Travis or uh, with um, Tyler and Matt. And we chase lessers and mallard ducks with my good friend, John LaMonica, who you've heard on this podcast. He's 89 years old from, from California, moved to Texas, grew into a huge conglomerate with his businesses and the businesses that he ran for a very renowned businessman that we won't say right now. You'll hear it on the podcast. He uh, hunts with us and he does, he's unbelievable on camera and the podcast. He's a mentor of mine now, John LaMonico. And from there we go to Oklahoma with blue and Trey and all the boys down at flatline outfitters, Jake and Carson and, all of them guys and charlie everybody at flatline outfitters in oklahoma thank you so much for what you do the hunting wasn't as good this year as it was last year but it wasn't as good this year anywhere as it was last year so keep that in mind hopefully it's it's on this year guys we're gonna get them i don't know what the snow geese are gonna be like but i heard there's a lot of young specs and a lot of young lessers and i heard that the ducks are looking good right now so let's let's just hope that and keep our fingers crossed and pray to those duck gods that we get a good season we deserve a good season stay humble stay after them stay consistent stay persistent stay ethical stay safe stay appreciative know that we're blessed not entitled this is a privilege and uh, let's teach somebody new how to do this and get them into the mainstream and get them here um so we have generations to come of duck hunters and goose hunters and um when you see those episodes in in oklahoma you're gonna love them because we're working with saint jude's and ronald mcdonald house and it makes me sad to even think about my boy grant and all my friends that i met at ronald mcdonald and saint jude's and um what they're going through we ain't, we don't have bad days guys we don't compared to what these families have gone through boy they're resilient man wait till you see this can't wait thank you season 11 of the foul life airing right now benelli's the foul life on the outdoor channel exclusively on the outdoor channels find all of our reruns and all of our past seasons and episodes and content tips and tactics included on my outdoor tv motv.com subscribe very inexpensive very affordable with thousands of episodes at your fingertips at your disposal motv.com part of the outdoor sportsman's 
Group, Sportsman's Channel, Outdoor Channel, World Fishing Network, Intermedia with Gun Dog Magazine, Wildfowl Magazine, plus many other guns and ammos, Peterson's Hunting. Support them, guys. They support us. Chad Belding, I'm out. This life ain't for everybody. Play the theme song, Tom. I haven't even picked it yet. I got to get a new one because what you're going to do when the money's all gone is the theme song of the Foul Life TV and This Life Ain't For Everybody. So what song that you guys hear on us from Zach Brown or Jamie Johnson or Drake White or you name it, the band Lit or Leith Lofton or any of these bands that we work with that you hear on our show, what song do you think should be the theme song that we come into and out of every episode of the New Foul Life podcast? This episode brought to you by Benelli USA. Again, I'm Chad Belding, your host. Thank you all so much for the support. I will talk to you guys very soon. Peace out. In my foul